Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Podcast podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm Tess Brigham. I'm the therapist. And I'm Brooke Brigham and I'm the attorney. All right. So today we are covering 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, season four, episode three. And we have a little bit of news about <laughs> about 90 Day The Other Way, which is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. It is. It's a lot. And um, if you've been watching the show for a while, you know that these it's all the same issues we've seen over and over again. And it's just not very inspiring. And all around us, sister wives issues are happening and, and we must stay up on them. So yeah, we have to choose, you know, we only have so many hours in a day. We both have, you know, full time careers and we have to go with what makes us happy if we're going to you know, devote our time to this. So we're going to, we're not going to abandon toe completely. We're going to check in with it. But I just don't think that these weekly recaps and rehashes of the same issues that we see every season and now every episode, it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it can be condensed. (laughs) So we're going to start doing some check-ins. We're going to check in with uh, this show and any other shows or issues or topics or whatever, we're just going to do some check-ins. So uh, what will replace this uh, show uh, each week will be our Sister Wives Rewatch and Gossip. The latest gossip, because stuff is happening constantly in the every world. Week, of, every know, day. Yes, I know. I see tons of pictures of Christine looking happy. And and I just love where they Photoshop Cody in. <laughs> In the background, those make me so happy. It's as good as the Bernie ones. Yeah. <laughs> a couple yeah, the years ago. Inauguration photo. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and very quickly, we're going to remind you at the end of the podcast too. But please, if you like this podcast, if you're enjoying it, please hit the follow button and subscribe. And tell a friend, tell two friends, 
10 friends um, to subscribe, download, and give us a five-star review on Apple. Yeah, and coming up this week, if you're interested, on Thursday, we have a uh, show about the Pamela Anderson, um, A Love Story. Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, Um, That is on Netflix right now. So we're going to talk about that on Thursday. That's a really good yeah, it was really documentary good. Documentary, if you want to watch it and listen, and um, now so we're going to be homework. doing. Yeah, <laughs> well, no pressure. You can yeah. um, you can always listen to it later. But yeah, we're going to be doing in addition to Sister Wives when we find documentaries that we are interested in, we're going to talk about those whenever they pop up, and then whatever else comes up that we think is interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so today we- we're talking about about the other way. Yes. And actually, before we got on, we didn't figure out what order are we going in? You you tell me, you start with the couple that you want to start with. Well, um, I just, there, we met I someone know. new. Number one, we met someone new. And then yeah. it seems like two of the storylines we saw a lot of, and then, and then two or three of the other storylines we saw very little of. Yeah. Well, I just wrote it down in the order that they appeared and then just okay. went. So let's start with Chris and Jamie, because they were yeah. the first. They were the first yeah. ones we saw. So um, Chris arrives in Bogota um, and she meets Jamie at the airport. They're hugging and kissing and they're so happy to see each other. And, you know, it's a little bit of awkwardness, but, you know, they're just both very, very happy. They're hugging and kissing in the cab. They've been dreaming about this day for a year since they met. Since they've never met. (laughs) Right. Dreaming about this moment. This is their first meeting. Yes, exactly. I, well, I, so, I thought what sorry, I thought what was so interesting about them was the apartment stuff. I was like, ooh, we're we're starting to see a little a little bit of maybe some problems to come. Some control. Yeah. So yeah. I, it seems uh, well, Chris said this. She said she told Jamie to find an apartment for them because I guess wherever Jamie was living you know, wasn't gonna work for Chris. She said she wanted an American kitchen. Um, and she wanted you know, a full size apartment. I don't know where Jamie was living before, but um, she was kind of um, upset that she said that Jamie found the apartment without consulting with her, without Mm -hmm. running it by her. And it was also a hundred dollars more a month than she wanted. So it makes it seem like Chris is paying for all of this. And, but when we got to the apartment, I thought it was a nice apartment. Yeah, it did. It looked like a nice apartment. And I mean, out here in the Bay Area, right, an extra $100, you're like, whatever, you're thrilled to get in a place. So but I can maybe imagine for her that maybe if she's really like, because we still don't know how Chris is planning on supporting herself throughout yes, this process. So right. maybe she's really like, said, I this is how much money I have a month to spend. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that Jamie, it, it, it it was just interesting that, that Chris mentions it, that, you know, she could have not said anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she's already, yeah. She's already a little bitter about this. Yeah. 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 And then we hear uh, Chris tell Jamie, well, this is my first night here. So I make body kick you in your sleep, which is exactly <laughs> what you want to hear. Yeah. Cause <laughs> the new her, person. Um, narcolepsy causes yeah. her to have night terrors and, and apparently the more stressed she is, the more chance that she will, you know, have these night terrors. So right. most likely because she's in this new foreign country, um, 
that there'll be a lot of night terrors. And then they both come out in lingerie. And well, before this, that, you didn't. Oh. We need to talk about the decorations. Oh, okay. So, oh, I didn't. Know. You didn't like the decorations? No, I just wanted to oh. comment. Okay. So when they when they came in, there was no really no furniture. There was a bed, but there didn't seem to be a couch or any other furniture. But Jamie had decorated the apartment with like pink heart balloons and balloons that said Tayamo and a unicorn balloon and. Uh, Chris was just thrilled. So anyway, <laughs> thought that was an important detail. Well, yeah. And then they come out in that lingerie. And then I was like, thank God Jamie's telling the cameras to leave because I wanted to leave. I was like, okay, got it. They're in the lingerie. I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, enough. Awkward. Enough. Awkward. It was very awkward. Oh, and, and then was... uh, on the bed, there was two Ugh. pillows that looked like boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so... I don't know who would purchase that. I just thought I that was so bizarre. It was really like, bizarre. So do you feel like it's like Jamie's really young? Is is that it? I can't remember how old Jamie is anyway. But I don't remember. There either. is something very young about her, right? With the boob pillows and the balloons and the Yeah, and she's yeah, and just the way that she talks about, you know, this is the love of her life. Well, I mean, Chris does the same thing. They're sort of kind of intellectually similar, even though Chris is older, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're both very, they live in a fantasy world mm-hmm. the, you know, this whole thing about meeting someone online, you've never met before. You're going to move to another country to be with them. They're the love of your life. You're starting your life together. This is the beginning of our love story. I mean, just on and on and on mm-hmm. with all of these, um, what do you call them? Uh, is it the word is I'm it searching for? Well, just sort of these, you know, I don't know, like these declarations of it's just fantasy. They live in a mm-hmm. fantasy world and the unicorns and the way Chris dresses, just all of it, you know, the onesies. <laughs> these, these ladies are just not very mature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, these two, I don't, I, I still, seeing them together does not give me any hope. <laughs> I really no. don't feel like this and is going to work. Then Sorry. they show in the scenes for next week, they show um, they're together at the pharmacia and they're getting all of this medication chris is saying she needs this medication for that and she she also has other problems other than the narcolepsy and she's saying she's going to have to have a surgery in her neck because her neck is going to freeze and and jamie's just looking at her like oh my god yeah so you know she's she's revealing more and she's got more issues than we even thought so Mm. yeah all right who's next okay so then i have uh jen uh, Jen and Rishi. Oh, this whole thing. God, poor Rishi's mom. Oh, I know. She, She's Rishi's, been... Rishi's mom's like, I cannot wait to stop having to cook and clean in this house. <laughs> Little does she know. Oh, you know, Rishi's and, got and, other and ideas. Rishi's a big liar, too. He, he is. He told Jen that, um, well, I've already told my parents. Well, I guess his father's dead, but he said he's already told his family because they live together. It's like his mom, his uncle, his brother, sister, cousin, all live in this house. And it seems like Rishi's the um, main breadwinner. And um, he's like, well, I told my family that I wanted to have a love marriage. Yet here's his mom saying, oh, I've, well, you've got a marriage proposal from the village next door and they're coming over here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you have not told her. Well, anything. and also... The, what's annoying is Rishi's Rishi's not saying, halt, mom, stop. Let me, I told you I want a love marriage. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe if I'm a, if I'm around, maybe I'll, I'll drop by. But uh, I don't, yeah, I'm like, no, non-committal. He, 
he's a liar. He never told her that. He just told Jen that. Mm-hmm. He's told Jen that he told his mom that. He has never, again, this is another case, like culturally, it is not possible for them to stand up to their parents that way. If they if they do, they get shunned mm-hmm. and nobody wants that. Yeah. So just like we saw with, um, you know, Jenny and Sumit, I mean, he went to such extremes, you know, to, mm-hmm. to please her, to please his parents, to hide things from each other, to just hide and be in the middle. And he's still doing it, I think. I don't, I don't know what's happening with them. Yeah. But th- this is just never, ever, ever going to go anywhere. Yes. I don't think Rishi <laughs> wants to get married. Honestly, I don't think Rishi wants to get married. I think Rishi wants what he wants. And he, at the same time, doesn't want to disappoint his parents and his mother. And instead of being straightforward with his mom, which is the respectful, nice thing to do, is just Mm -hmm. at least let her in. I mean, I'd be pissed if I was that mom, like, looking for women, bringing them over, doing all this legwork, all the while he's, like, with this other woman. It's just... And even if they knew about Jen, I think they would still be trying to set him up. I think that, you know, because they, that's not their tradition. That's not their custom. Well, and my question too is why does Rishi want Jen so badly? Yeah, I don't know. Like what is so great about her? I mean, it makes me feel like he's not leading her on necessarily. I feel like she's just forcing herself on him or something. Hmm. Like she just told him that she was coming and she does that manipulative crying and getting upset because remember he said he said the reason why he hasn't brought up any of this with jen is because she has this tendency to freak out you know she starts crying and gets very upset and and he just can't face it but again what why is this woman so worth going through all of this stuff i'm sorry but there's a lot of women out there Mm -hmm. you know why yeah. Why are you going through all this? It doesn't make any sense. This from a the story makes no sense. Yeah. I think Rishi, honestly, I think Rishi likes drama and ro- I think Rishi likes, you know, interesting life, drama, romance. I think Rishi likes being in front of a camera. And I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the timeline is. I'm always wondering, like, are these people meeting and then contacting 90 day fiance? Like how, what's the timeline of like, when you find out you're going to be on this show? Because I also wonder if Rishi was like, Oh, that was fun. You know, I I proposed or I did this or I did that. And then when he heard about the 90 day fiance, he's like, Oh, wait a second. I'm going to, I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to see what happens to keep getting Mm -hmm. airtime, but you don't look good, Rishi. (laughs) You don't. In this, in yeah. This. But I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't get at all why, why he's doing what you know what he thinks is going to happen in all of this. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like he really loves her. Like he does, he doesn't really seem like he cares. Yeah, I think he did this to get on television. I mean, he's a model slash, uh, you know, personal trainer. I think he really he thought he could get somewhere with this. Yeah. And, but but Jen, she's again, she's saying this is the same kind of thing. She's saying this is my last chance for love. This is it. And it's like, mm-hmm. really? This is your last yeah. chance for love? I mean, so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. And immature. I mean, yeah. How, how could these two possibly succeed? I mean, there's, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we need to go through what happened. The one thing, because, you know, we see Jen and she's back home and her family drives her to the airport. This this is another reason why the show is hard to watch because it's like, oh, God, another family driving. Oh, the parents. I know. And the same same conversation of people very concerned being like, okay, if this is what you want. All right. We don't you know, we're not happy about it. But what I thought was interesting was because we finally see a bit more of Rishi in this episode and and his and meet his family, who, again, I would really love to know what Rishi's telling his mom, like why there's a camera crew in their living room. Yeah. You know, because you have to explain that Rishi to the whole family. Um, but uh, he said that if he can't marry Jen, he won't marry. And I this is again, I have no backing to this at all. But I wonder if this is his way of being able to say to his, you know, family and the people in his life, like, I don't want to get married. And like, I don't think he has any intention. I don't think he has an intention to marry Jen. I think he wants to use her as an excuse not to marry anyone. And maybe Hmm. with the maybe hold on, this is this is a big leap. But maybe with the mom, it would be better for him to be a bachelor than for him to marry this, this Mm. uh, American. But then who's going to clean the house? Because I don't know. Mom she's very tired. tired. She, <laughs> she I don't break her. Gosh, she's making <laughs> naan. She's making these dishes. Like, she's exhausted. I don't blame her. I don't I know, at all. She's playing matchmaker. I mean, yeah. give the lady a break. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. She oh, and this is another thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Jen explains that um, Rishi is not going to be staying with her. And he he blames it on the culture that it would be frowned upon. And it's like, well, that's convenient. No, mm-hmm. you can't stay with her because then you'd be admitting to your family. You live with yeah. your family. You're not coming home to them. And they're going to be like, well, where are you? What are you doing? Yeah, this is so, so Jenny this, all over again. It really is. It's actually it's actually worse. Why? Because I think because Samit and Jenny like actually love each other. And and wanted to be together. And but for like if Sumit's parents would have just said to him, okay, you know, you can be with her, that everything would have been fine. I don't think Rishi gives a crap about Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mentioned this before, you know, I had a client who went through the same situation and it it is. I mean, I I asked them all these questions. I was trying to, you know, really understand why, you know, despite he was going to marry another Indian girl, but she wasn't part of the right cast, wasn't mm-hmm. part of their family cast. And it was enough for the parents to be like, we can't support this wedding, this marriage. Yeah, so they really don't tolerate. Is, yeah, yeah, so this is huge. Like, this isn't another cast. Like, this is... But yeah, an American. Also, but it's also, you're lying to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. is that okay? You know, this idea, I think there's this, with all these 90-day people, there's almost this idea of if it's for love, it's okay to lie. Yeah, and it's people. okay, right. And, and and it's a little bit like, you gotta, your poor mom is cleaning up. She's got a camera crew in this living room. You can't be honest with her about why this camera crew is here. I don't know. No, That's it's true. He's, he's kind of crazy. No, he's not a good person. He's a liar. <laughs> I said at the very beginning of all yes. this, he's just a big liar. All right, you're a big fat liar. Okay, who's yes, next? right. Okay, how about Isabel and Gabe? Yes. Okay. Where is this one? All right. And again, they were also, not much was going on with them ish. Though you seem to understand a well, bit more than I did. <laughs> I was paying close <laughs> attention. It's hard because you have to read subtitles. So you have yes. to pay so very that's close th- attention. That's It's hard to read subtitles and take notes at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You miss a lot. I kept, yes, like, like stop it, rewind it, stop, rewind it. So, 
Okay, so Isabel meets up with her friends, Samuel and Mateo, and she met Gabe through Samuel. And she says, because Samuel and Mateo are gay, she can be more open with them and talk to them about the fact that Gabe is trans. And, um, you know, they're open-minded about that. So they kind of start asking her, I forget how they put it, but asking her what it was like, you know, being with him as a trans man, you know, sexually. And basically, in a nutshell, she said that he has a fully functional penis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, when she touches it, he responds and it responds just like, you know, any other penis. <laughs> um, she said <laughs> the, the orgasm is the same. And she even said that, you know, he has orgasms. And then she says, but I haven't asked him yet. Where does the semen come from? Yeah, that's a good question. I would want yeah. to know that too. Yeah, I I and I'd never heard the, before. This is learning. Isn't this yes. on the learning channel? This is the learning channel. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot part. in this segment. Yeah. You know, I think the the Gabe and Isabel story, I think, is the one story that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. That is really new and different and important for us all to be watching. Right? Yeah, and I th- and it takes a lot of guts for her to oh, go God, on yeah. camera and to talk about this you yeah. know and she seems very comfortable with it and so i thought it was a great conversation and educated people around the world and then they started talking about um her telling her parents and that her parents are very religious and she says she doesn't know what she would do if she was given an ultimatum by her parents yeah that's hard yeah that's really hard. And then we also see Gabe. So Gabe's leaving. Gabe's getting on the plane. The sister's taking him. The same, you know, same conversation over again. But the one thing I thought was interesting about this, their, his conversation with his sister way to the airport is he said, I'm worried about getting stuck there. And mm-hmm. He used the word stuck. And then he corrected himself. He said, well, no, not stuck, but just away from my family. And I think that we're seeing a little bit glimpse here we may not see it but maybe we'll see it if they're part of 90 day happily ever after mm-hmm. and i think gabe i wonder if gabe really wants to be i don't want to say tied down but i think gabe likes to explore and yeah. i wonder if gabe in a couple years is gonna feel like well i'm ready for my next adventure i'm ready mm-hmm. for what's next i don't know i really like isabel and i have very high hopes for the two of them but I just thought it was interesting the way he phrased that. The one-way ticket really made him anxious. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they, they're actually together and like what issues come up. Um, other than this whole thing about telling her family. If, if the rest of the season is just this whole lead up to them telling her family, I just think that's just kind of boring. I mean, yeah. ob- obviously they're going to tell them. They're on this TV show. Yeah. So they had, they had to have told them. So come on, we need something more interesting than that. Yeah. Well, they're too normal. I mean, they're too, <laughs> right? They're too I mean, well adjusted. Yeah. Too well adjusted. I mean, that's, that's, I think at least is, I don't know about Gabe. I, yeah. Like you said, I think there is still something about Gabe. That's a little bit of a, I don't know. Red flag. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's not I, ready to settle down really. Yeah. And, and the thing is, she's got two kids. I mean, you can't, you can't be yeah. doing that. Like you can't move in with those children and live there for a couple of years and then disappear, you know? Right. So, and also I think one thing that this came up, uh, this comes up pretty much all the time. 
so like it's not like Gabe if he gets to Colombia and he's he's feeling anxious and restless and he wants to come back to the United States it's not like he can automatically just bring Isabel and her children and you know this comes up all the time like well why doesn't he come here you know they talk about that a lot or why doesn't he or she come here immigration does not work that way like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean people get People get denied K-1 visas all the time. There's certain countries on, you know, the list where I don't care how great you are, they're not going to let you into the United States. You know, I mean, these are global, <laughs> you know, issues that it's very, very complicated. Mm-hmm. And we we only see the people who get let in. But think about, like, for instance, like Angela and Michael, who've been mm-hmm. on 90 Day for like five years now. He's never made it to the United States. Wow. So he's never gotten his thing approved. His No. And he went he went on an interview a couple of years in. It took him a a super long time to get an interview and he blew the interview Mm -hmm. and they rejected him. And or I, I mean, I don't know why they rejected him, but he didn't. He thought he blew the interview. And he, you know, and then I don't know how long if you get rejected once, you probably have to wait several years before you can apply again. It's not easy you know mm-hmm. you can't just bring someone here just because you're in love with them and so that's a whole nother complication um yeah i mean so he he would be stuck there mm-hmm. if he's gonna stay with her and you know he can't yeah. just bring her over here it's a very long expensive process and even if even if you are able to do it at all or get anywhere with it at all so anyway yeah all right who's next Oh gosh, Nicole and uh, Mahood. Okay, so it's so funny because you know we have if people are fans of Ninety Day, there was another Nicole who fell in love with Azin from was he from Cairo? It was Egypt, no, right? Morocco. He, he, he was Morocco. Morocco. Yeah, yeah. But so when I see the name Nicole, I always flash back to that. But I think. I think to myself, well, she's, you know, this Nicole's a bit older and she's got more of a head on her shoulders. And then I mm, watch this and I'm I like, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if she's more, if she's smarter than the other Nicole or no. not. I, I'm getting real. The more she talks in that interaction when she first lands, I mean, she's 38 years old and she doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's like a little child. Yeah. Her mentality is like, what are you thinking? I mean, I don't need this watching. They spent a lot of time on these two and just watching mm-hmm. it. Just the whole thing just made me crazy. Um, so, I mean, anyway, we start with her parents show up from Idaho. These, Boy, poor, these parents. poor parents. God, I, I really feel for all dad these parents. And that I mom. I mean, the dad is really like what he's saying is I Very can't concerned. get to you. Yeah. I can't, if you're struggling, I can't get to you. That would be awful. They're and they're just shell shocked at you know what they're learning that you know they learn that she's already converted to Islam and that you know uh, I don't know what other bombshells I can't remember but yeah I tell them about the wedding they learned it on Facebook oh yeah so yeah it, it felt like in that first segment like these bombs it's like i didn't tell my parents you know i got married <laughs> you know I, mm-hmm. I converted to islam <laughs> you know it was just I like know. they're dropping one bomb after another on these poor people and 
I don't know. I think that's really kind of crappy. Like, again, it's, it's, this is, you want your parents to help you move. So why don't you treat them with a little more respect and tell them when you're getting married? I don't know. Well, yeah. That's and they me. said something like, or she said something about how, how many times have you helped me move, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure they help her financially and whatever. And, you know, she just, yeah, this is how she repays them by yeah. anyway. Yeah. She claims that, um, and, and mind you, this is when, when she got married, it was after she had spent a couple days with him, came back to the U S then went back there a week later and then mm-hmm. married him a couple days later. Mm-hmm. And she claims that they had some sort of civil ceremony and they said, well, that's not good enough. You need to have a Muslim wedding and that they crashed somebody else's wedding, which I don't know if I believe that. I think that was a setup. I think that she maybe got a little tricked into that wedding mm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, you know, two days later, she converted to Islam. Okay. We have to talk about that because Nicole, you are converting to <sighs> another religion. You don't even Google, you know, just put in, put in <laughs> what are the ins and outs of being a Muslim? Like she had idea. I feel like some of these things are pretty basic. Like if you just did a, a simple Google search, you would have figured this out. But it, it her. Ex- so this is a part I'm trying to figure out. It's like because her explanation is, oh, you know, well, I just said this prayer and then, you know, I liked it because it's about putting God first and then living your life of, you know, uh, because, you know, putting God in your heart and living your life, whatever you know what? her explanation Good. was with. But so is she so romantic and naive that she just jumps in without anything or does she really think or did she actually spend some time learning about it and just now no is backtracking okay google google is too deep for her that's too much information but she doesn't care to research anything she said all you have to do is say the shahada there's only one god and muhammad is his prophet and then she said she wholeheartedly believes that Mm -hmm. based on what and and this is this really gets me. These are her reasons why she wanted to convert to Islam, other than you know she believed in that prayer. She thought that when she had children, she wanted them all to be the same religion. She loves how much Mahud loves his religion, and she loves how faithful the religion is. Well, all religions are faithful, um, and she just found it so beautiful. And the first thing I thought of was Nicole. I really hope to God you don't have a baby because if you do, you will never be able to leave that country with that baby. Mm-hmm. You know, these countries have, if you're a woman, you, oh my God, like she'd be stuck there forever. Yeah. She could never leave without her child. She could probably never get a divorce, never get away from him. I mean, it's just like, oh my God. She, again, like so just, oh, airy fairy, you know, mm-hmm. oh, this is just so beautiful and these People get caught up in, you know, I love love, you know, <laughs> like, like our friend yeah. Darcy would yes. say, but it's, it's insane. It makes me want to pull my hair out uh, like yeah. watching no. her. I agree. I agree. Cause I didn't, she didn't mention converting to Islam before. No. And, and again, I mean, but you're in the country, Nicole, you don't see people praying. You don't see people five times right, a day five praying, times a day. washing their hands, washing and their wearing, feet. Yeah, she says she's not going to wear hijab. It's like, well, uh, <laughs> do you see any women there that aren't tourists that are exactly. not wearing? I know she's not going to do it. She's just refusing to do all these. I mean, I, yeah. I well, we know. actually do meet Mahmoud, who I thought was very sweet. I think I I like Mahmoud. It's just that this he, 
his culture. He's a baby. He, I mean, but also, I mean, he's cute. And he, I can see how he's cute. He's a, he's, he's, he's a young he's, 30. Yes, he's 30, but he's very young. This is his first girl, his friend, because we meet his brothers who are much yeah. older than him. And they're just like, oh, yeah. What did they say? They called, um, they call him the spoiled sweetheart. The spoiled sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Muhammad you know. and Ahmed. So Ahmed, I guess, is 12 years older and Muhammad's seven. I think that was what. And so they call, that's what they call him. Um, yeah. They're little spoiled sweetheart. So that should tell you something. They say, yeah, this is his first relationship. Oh, I thought this was really good. This is what Ahmed was saying. He said, he, meaning um, Mahmoud, he acted with no expertise. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, an like, understatement. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think what he's really saying is this is his first girlfriend. This was his first relationship. And he, mm-hmm. because he didn't have experience, he acted rashly. I'm like, yeah, man. And then we learn. So, so Mahmoud is saying, oh, well, you, your wife came from China and she's, con- she's, you know, adapted. And, and then Ahmed said it was two years of war. Two yeah. years of war. And I'm telling you something in that country, I guarantee you he won. I think yeah. it was just beating her down, not physically, but I mean, I think it was just like, no, 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 this is yeah. what you're going to do. And finally, she just sort of threw up her hands and we're like, okay, if I'm going to love this man and stay here, I got to do it. That's my theory. Also, China is a very different country from America. I mean, yeah, that's China has a lot more... Um, you know, their attitude there is very different than America. Their government's very different than America. It's a lot easier to, <laughs> for him to kind of get someone from China to comply mm-hmm. than Nicole, <laughs> you yeah. know, who's like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm, I'm not well, going to wear hijab. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Well, and what's really important about all of this is this is, I mean, I love her style and her fashion. I think she's, you know, she's obviously very stylish. Like this is how she expresses herself. I mean, you know, this is a big part of who she is and she's never going to be able to let that go. Like she's just, and she does not get that. She does not get that. Like this is, you know, he is never going to, he's never going to fold on this one. He's never going to, because that is just, that is the culture. That is the religion. That is how it is. And she is unwilling to give up her identity. And that's the problem. Well, and he says he says, she is unyielding and so am I. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be good. Uh, well, there you go. I mean, yeah. I, I think it stops right there. And and so she she's even on the way to the airport with her parents. She's saying um, that she does not want to go to Egypt. She's not looking forward to it. Um, she says she wishes she had a magic eraser to erase each of their cultures She's willing to make sacrifices, but can't change who she is to be with him. Well, that's an oxymoron. I mean, yeah. it's just like she's saying she doesn't want to go. She doesn't like it there, but she's going. I mean, what does she think is, is going to happen? Well, and also, I just want to say that. So up until this episode, we really only saw Nicole's side. We really didn't know Mahmoud at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very interesting meeting him and getting his side of the story and his thing. And what was so fascinating is that they land, she lands in the airport, they're hugging, they're kissing, you know, she's like, oh, I don't know if we can be this touchy, you know, this affectionate. And he's like, no, no, you can at an airport. And they're walking away and he turns to her and he says, can you button up your jacket? You know, and she immediately right then and there, oh, I didn't think we were going to be talking about this right away. 
and and just gets pissed. She's pissed already. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people can see that as, well, she needs to express herself or whatever it is. And it's a little bit of like, Nicole, in that moment, you have a choice. You can act the way you act and start a fight and make it tense, or you can decide, I'm not going to die on this hill. This is what he wants from me. I'm still wearing my own clothes. I just need to close my jacket. And we'll talk about this when we get back to wherever we live. Right. I mean, in relationships, you always have a choice of how you decide to react. And if both partners are constantly reacting to the other one, if if one of the two isn't willing to sort of say, hey, you know, let me just do this thing so we can move forward or and I'll talk about it later. It's just this is what it's going to be. But Neither- she's already decided. She decided yeah. before she got there that she was not going to listen to what he had to say about her clothes. And she just magically thinks that he'll just go, okay, well, I guess she's not going to change. So I'll just mm-hmm. stop bothering her about it. And he's he's saying the same thing to himself. You know, if I just sit, tell her enough times that she needs to cover up or she needs to do this or that, then she'll do it. Mm-hmm. And neither one of them have any intention of changing. Yet they think they can somehow get this whole, I mean, he summed it up when he said, she's unyielding and so am I. At least he understands that. But okay, well, so then why are you, why are you still asking her to cover up? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, this just, again, this makes no, this makes no sense. This relationship makes no sense. It's. uh, But they're in love, Brooke. They're in love. And love heals all, solves all. Don't you know? <laughs> All right, let's move on. I, I know. All right, we've got the new person or Danielle and Johan or Debbie. Well, why don't we end with Debbie? Okay. Our new person. So we'll talk about um, Ugh, Danielle, your favorite, God, uh, Danielle, Danielle and Johan. Oh, Danielle, <sighs> Danielle, Danielle. Well, yeah. Well, last week we saw the butcher shop. And so she actually feels bad about how mean she was to him mm-hmm. about the butcher shop. Um, and uh, so, but again, I, I don't blame Yo- Johan for these things because she's like, well, when is it going to be profitable? And he's like, well, it's a, it's a new business. Is it going to be profitable in six months, nine months? Nah? And, and he's like, oh, well, maybe nine months. Okay, well, if it's not profitable in nine months, then we're closing it down, right? Like, and she doesn't tell him that. She tells the camera that. Like if this oh, is I thought she said it to till... him. I thought she'd say he said she said something like, How about she made a counter offer? Yeah. Like he he said six months and she said, Well, maybe eight or nine months. And then he was kind of like, mm, like didn't really answer. And then she told the camera. Yeah, I kind of feel like she left that hanging with him. Like yeah, I, I she would did. if I was Johan, I don't know if I would have absolutely known that that's what she, you that know, it was, was the ultimatum. Yeah. yeah. And, but she turns to the camera and says, um, you know, nine months and then we're closing it down. It's a little bit like, oh, okay. Johan's just trying to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how bad his books are. I don't know any of those things, but boy, yeah. it's just like, you're not going to get Johan to want to listen to you. Well, and can I steamrolling him? Yeah. And I just want to interject something here about, you know, Danielle's last week, when she was talking about how he didn't know anything about business and she ran a business and she knew how to do this and his books were a mess and he didn't, this and that. Well, it came out in the news in the last week or so that um, Danielle filed for bankruptcy in the United States. Oh you know, my God, I think when? After this, I mean, fair, I'm not really sure 
But around the time of this filming, I think, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not shaming. That's everybody's right to do that. But it's kind of like, you know, Danielle, who do you think you are? You know, you <laughs> think you're so perfect. Yeah. And you're scolding Johan for wanting to start a business and wanting to better himself and, and t- talking down to him and making it sound like you're Warren Buffett mm-hmm. when you're not. You know, it's just very hypocritical and rude. Yeah. And you know, and this whole lifestyle she was pretending to lead in New York turned out to kind of be a farce, you know, like she was deeply in debt. I don't think she had a a profitable business in Mm -hmm. whatever she was doing, her yoga and wellness or whatever. So anyway, it's just very, you know, it just contributes to the fact that she's just a bitch. Yeah. Well, and I think when she says I have a yoga and wellness business, I don't think she has a brick and mortar business. No, I she rents she, space from yes, people and teaches I think that classes. She, yeah, exactly. And that is very different mm-hmm. because it's very different when you rent the place and you have employees and you're, right. you're following you're all, the, all stuff. the bills. And- she's an independent, she's a 1099 independent contractor where she kind of like, and she had a full-time job. So she would teach yoga here, teach yoga there. That's not a business. That's not yeah. like a serious business. It's a business. No, it's a, for it's sure. a side. It's a side hustle. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. She's, she's a high school teacher, you know, and, and she was living, you know, above her means and, you know, her whole, her skincare regimen, whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> like spend all don't, her money on the skincare. Exactly. So don't be criticizing Johan. Jeez. Yeah. Well, and so then we see them go and looking at apartments and Danielle lists everything she wants in an apartment, <laughs> two bedroom. Two bath, a pool, a terrace, parking, and some space for her to be able to teach her yoga class. And she and a dishwasher oh, and a washer and, dryer. Oh, okay. Dish. I miss. I miss <laughs> those two. So, and she says that's not too much to ask. <laughs> I don't have all those things at my house. <laughs> I would um, love a pool. Yeah, I would love a second um, bathroom. <laughs> I yeah. was for that second bathroom. Yeah. But I was like, wow, that's that's a lot. And so they look at these places, which, I, you know, when they just, I, I realized that these are these more modern apartments that are really for expats, you know, ex people that are down there, tourists, these are the people. And um, we learn, they look around and then they have this conversation on the, on the terrace about, you know, what mm-hmm. the cost would be and what he's willing to contribute. I was a little surprised that was 2000 a month. I'm not, again, it's way less expensive than anything that would be here, but 2000 was, I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit of money, you know, for two people that don't really either have a job or a business or anything going, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, for the Dominican Republic, I think that's a lot of money. It, I mean, here, that would not be a lot of money for all of that. But in the Dominican Republic, I think that is a lot. And and she wants him to, like, pay half of it. Yeah. And he tells <laughs> you know, her, and I can give you $90. He can pay. Yeah. $90 a month. He can pay. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And she's mad. And, you know, I don't look. I don't, I don't know how much he makes at the resort. Um, but I thought he wasn't there anymore. But... I thought he wasn't at the resort anymore. I thought he I left no that idea. job. I have no idea. Hmm. I, I mean, it'd be kind of, I don't know why he would just totally leave that job before his, um, his uh, butcher shop took off, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> well, she did I don't say, understand these two. Yeah. Well, Danielle, she did say something like, when I'm happy, you're happy. 
Yeah. It's like, interesting. That's a very she interesting said, way of phrasing that, Danielle. Yeah. It's like, if you want me to be happy, if you want to be happy, you're going to have to make me happy, which requires, you know, doing whatever you need to do to make sure that I can live in this apartment. Mm-hmm. And she wants him to, she says, if he's not going to pay half of the uh, rent, then she's going to expect him to do a lot more cooking and cleaning. And he basically says, well, men don't do that here mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Dominican Republic. You know, we just, he says, basically both people work because you have to. And, mm-hmm. uh, but the women still do all the cooking and the cleaning. Yeah. And he was not going to budge on that. Again, we have another unyielding, <laughs> both sides are unyielding. Mm-hmm. They are not going to change. So well, how's that going to work? Yeah. And Danielle talked how in her relationships in the past she gave too much and i feel like she's really course course correcting a little too much with this one i feel like honestly it's just my opinion but i feel like she thought to herself i've given everything to these relationships and i want to be number one and i want i want so and this guy's younger than me and he's in a foreign country i'm gonna get what i want i'm gonna Mm -hmm. come in there and i'll be the boss i'll be this i'll be that because she keeps talking about how she doesn't, she wants us to be equal footing, but it's like, no, you don't want yeah. it to be equal. You really don't. You want to be in charge of him and what he's doing. And, and you want him to be and make all the money and support you. It's like your support half of yeah. this when you know he can't. And he's, yeah, he's not going to go for this. I mean, at a certain point, Johan has got to realize there's a million Danielles out there. Yes, like, there are. And there's, there's Danielle's out there who will treat you better and who are not going to expect you to pay half the rent when you don't have the same amount of money. I mean, I don't know. Right now they're just working together to be on this reality show because they think that it's going to get them somewhere, but she's so unlikable. You know, you have to be likable in this whole 90 day world. If you're going to, you know, be on all the shows and get some success out of it. You have to be likable. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just not. Because the people that are villains, I mean, I guess it depends on some people have different yeah, villains than others. Villain. Some some quote unquote villains have managed to kind of move move forward. But, you know, she has, oh, Danielle, she has like little or no self-awareness. So, mm-hmm. No self-awareness. For someone who's so in touch with herself in the world, no self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah, because I think like even the villains, you have to have some degree of vulnerability, like Angela mm-hmm. from Michael and Angela. Like sometimes, especially lately, you know, she can act really vile, but she's always had this vulnerability about her mm-hmm. where she's not afraid to cry and break down and talk about you know, how difficult things are for her and how hurt she is by this or that. I don't, I don't see Danielle ever doing that. Mm -hmm. Like being vulnerable. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. In my opinion. All right. So let's move on to our last person, but who is also a new, um, a new other way, uh, (laughs) person. I don't even know what to call these people anymore. Um, so this is Debbie. She's 67 and she's from Sugar Hill, Georgia. And uh, she's an interesting one, too. Yeah. I mean, her artwork is quite fascinating. I had to pause that. I had to pause <laughs> on her artwork and really look at it because it was it was interesting. But she's, you know, she says she's a little eccentric. She's quirky. She grew up in chaos and her mom had mental health issues and she had no normalcy or structure. 
And she had no idea what a healthy relationship looked like. And all of this stuff is huge because you can see it in the artwork that it's still chaos and, and, you know, she's still in pain just based on that art alone. I was like, okay, this is someone who's really never dealt with what happened to her as a child. Well, yeah. And then she had two marriages that ended badly and, um, you know, she kind of had to raise her kids herself, it seems like. Yeah. Well, the first one only lasted four years. She had a son, Julian, but he was an alcoholic and womanizer. And then the second marriage lasted 23 years and they had a daughter. But then he was traveling a lot for work and she found out that he had a whole like I didn't know it was another family, but it sounds like he had a girlfriend in another another country. country. Yes. So that was a little shocking. And so she decided to swear off men until she meets Osama, the love of her life. Yeah. And she is, I have to say, like, you know, if if she wasn't on this show and you just saw her, you know, like I her jewelry and all that stuff, and I thought it was really cool. And, you know, she's just kind of this eccentric artist type and she has a really cool apartment mm-hmm. with all this, you know, interesting stuff. You know, what she is, seems like a real... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I, when I was looking at the painting, she does then explain the painting or what mm-hmm. she's painting, but it's, you know, it's like, it's a castle with a, with a quote unquote Prince Charming, but he's all in black. And then we've got this lion or monster that's looking out over, you know, this relationship and there's a black hawk coming out, right? There's like a lion on top and a black hawk coming from the bottom. And then she's a skeleton. And it was just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But I felt like, don't you, I kind of felt like she was doing that for the show. Maybe. I don't think that's her normal genre of painting. Okay. I, don't I really know. didn't look I at just... her jewelry enough. I mean, she looks like anybody that's here in Berkeley. Like she's like a typical mm-hmm. Berkeley, you know, jewelry Artist. and art and yeah. art and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But... So that that doesn't seem too wacky, but then. Yeah, when you hear that she met this 24-year-old mm-hmm. <laughs> from Osama. Morocco, but he's also an artist and a poet, and they show, you know, pictures of his, you know, from social media, which, I don't know, that could be anybody's art. I don't know if he's scamming, you know, if he just puts that out there as part of his draw, mm-hmm. but... um I don't know. I don't have no idea what to think about this Well, we haven't met him yet, but uh, I mean, they met on social, they met on social media. They were sharing each other's art. Six months later, she goes to Morocco and she says she's known him for three years. Um, Yeah, she went to Morocco twice. twice. Yeah, but she's fixing to move to Morocco in two weeks. And she said that she didn't know how much younger he was until they met in person. But I mean, what? Okay, so he's, you have a 35 year age difference instead of a 25. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay. Um, so, but her son, Julian, who's a police officer is not happy. Mm-hmm. And we see from the, from the preview of next week, Julian's not going to just, Julian's not just doing this for the camera. Julian's hiring no. an investigator. Julian like, is yeah, on it. Curious. He is very yeah, he, curious. And he tells her straight up to, to her face. He said that, um, he doesn't like Osama and um, that she's being catfished, mm-hmm. you know, and 
her response is kind of like, well, you know, this is my life. Let me live my life. And, you know, I don't think so. And I don't know. Hmm. Um, Actually, their age difference is is 43 years. Wow. That's a lot. I mean, I'm sorry, 24 and 67. Those are decades upon decades of living. It's not 57. He's not 57 or even 45. I mean, 24. It's crazy. Yeah. 43 years. I mean, that's a whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like two generations. Yes. Yes. She's a boomer. (laughs) And he's (laughs) a millennial. And and he's a he's a (laughs) Z-annual. Z-annual. Technically, he's probably a Gen Zer. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's right. 24. Yeah. No, that's a that's a big, big. Yeah. So there's two generations in between Ugh. those two. But I, I don't know. I, You know, when it comes to her, I, I, she seems to have, she kind of comes off as eccentric and goofy. I, I feel like she's kind of sort of got a, somewhat of a head on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, you know, honestly, I think that at this point in her life, she sort of is like, listen, I've been through hell more than once. I've had a rough life. This is my life. I'm older. And listen, if, you know, if he, if I want to give him money or if I, if I know mm-hmm. that part of the reason why he's with me is because, you know, I can pay for things. And huh, huh. so I just get the sense that she's like, I just want to be, I just want to live. Yeah. The problem is though, is that, you know, with these, with these relationships with Middle Eastern men that we've seen, like, um, oh God, I was, it um, Aladdin and, um, I don't think I watched was- that season her name. Well, I mean, there've been several and, you know, it's always like the older American lady and then the pretty young, you know, Middle Eastern man. And the, the issue always comes up of, um, you know, they want to have a child, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and even like with Angela and Michael. And I mean, unless Osama really is just has no cultural constraints on him and his Mm -hmm. family, you know, doesn't expect him to have a child. Um, I wonder what his family thinks of all this. You know, it's like, it's sort of, it's, yeah, we're it's the same issues that always come up that, so it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be like, oh, she can just go over there and they can just be together and have fun. Mm-hmm. All these other cultural and societal, religious probably issues are all going to come into play and just make it so that it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and that's the show. I feel like we've been Debbie Downers this whole time, just like very angry and upset and frustrated <sighs> with this show. I know. I guess I, I just, I don't know, but I guess we that's need the to na- process our things now. <laughs> that's the nature. This is the nature of the show. Yeah. Is that it, they, they present these really difficult situations, whether it's the person coming to the United States or someone from the United States going to another country and we've seen we've seen so many of these shows so many times where it's just the same issues. And yeah, I'm jaded. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Finding it hard to get to to root for anybody. It's like all these people need, need to <laughs> go in a different direction. <laughs> well, and also, yeah, I mean, when you see maybe young people, like if I go back to Nicole and Azen, mm-hmm. right, you, you know, you kind of have to be like, Nicole's young and, you know, naive, you know, all of these things. I mean, Nicole should know better. The other Nicole with Mahmoud, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is so you've stated the issues over and over and over again. And I guess 
for some people, they just, they need to like bury this, get to the very bottom of like, this is never going to work place. And I guess Nicole is not there yet. Yeah. And I also wonder though, if there is a little bit of the, you know, fame getting to people, Mm -hmm. you know, I really think that there's some sort of, uh, fame or exposure element with Jen and Rishi on Rishi's part. I really feel like he's using this opportunity. Mm -hmm. He's not here for the right reasons. Um, Maybe even Nicole is, well, I don't know. Oh, Danielle, definitely. She, you know, she wants to try to make some sort of yoga business out of Mm -hmm. this. So I think there's a little bit of that creeping into. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I think this is why, this is why I stopped watching the show several years ago. Was it just, first off, there were just too many spinoffs. There was like too many spinoffs and, and it drove me crazy how much was repeated all the time. But the other part of it too, was just this feeling of, you know, is anybody going to work? And obviously people do, but you know, the, the track record isn't great. And it was, it's sort of the same story over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I feel that way with, with this. And, um, I don't even watch the housewives anymore because I feel like that is a show that is just over, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the, the show that it is now is not why I started watching it, not why I liked it. And now it's unwatchable. And this is for me, that's kind of heading in the same direction with this 90 day stuff anyway yeah i'll be all right shut up (laughs) all right well if you've made us made it through this angry rant about yeah we're really nice people yeah we're sorry hopefully you're as fed up as we are and um so if you made it through please uh subscribe to the podcast leave us a five-star review really appreciate it write a few words we you know that always makes us really happy uh we do have an email psych legal pop podcast at gmail.com um so if you have any suggestions on topics things please feel free to reach out and i think is that it i think so all right we'll see you all next time we're gonna next time with some sister wives bye yay 